This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show. The Yankees are really toying with some fans' emotions. After just looking so good against the Marlins on Friday night, you come back and you score one run yesterday. The players seem to think they're still in this. And honestly, as a Yankee fan, that's what you want them to say. If I were a Yankee fan, I would be rooting for them to lose because I do think losing and being under 500 would be the cause for change that needs to happen over on River Avenue in the Bronx. Will it change Brian Cashman? I don't think so. But it might put him to task and make him understand this is unacceptable. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two, Sunday edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. Throughout the show today, we'll salute some old school rap. Yeah, a little hip hop action. That was the message. Oh, that was, that was powerful when it first came out. That was powerful. Speaking of the powerful, it's always powerful to see what Ritzamini's got cooking, whether it's, you know, on the flight deck, that you can download on the ESPN New York app or whether you read them on ESPNNewYork.com. Rich, I mean, he always knows what's going on with the New York Jets, and he joins us now. Hey, Rich, how are you? Hey, Larry. Thanks for having me uh, on this uh, beautiful afternoon. It's a gorgeous afternoon, my friend. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm going to start with your article because that is the, the major topic for this Jet team. It started uh, with some of your comments and others about how the offensive line looked in the uh, joint practices against Carolina last week where uh, Aaron Rodgers could not have been happy, even though he put forth a nice face, he couldn't have been happy with the way they performed. And Rich, the the response from Robert Sala was to play a a couple of starters from that offensive line last night. Absolutely. They played all their starters except for uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. He sat out. And, uh, yeah, I was there on Wednesday and Thursday, and that Wednesday practice against Carolina was not good. You know, Brian Burns is an outstanding pass rusher. The Jets had trouble blocking him all day. Burns got the day off yesterday, which certainly helped the Jets' offensive line. But uh, I think they played a little bit better in the game yesterday. And But I think it was a very controlled passing attack, a lot of screens and quick throws for Zach Wilson to take some of the pressure off that offensive line, which is – uh, probably what they needed after that Wednesday practice, but also to give time to some of the starters. Uh, and we and one starter is still not back yet. Dwayne Brown is still on the PUP list, and uh, you know I would think in a week or so that he'd be ready to come off that. So it's it's a it's a little bit of a problem. The offensive line they're they're trying to build continuity and they haven't been, been able to get all five guys out there. Rich, this is this is a crazy question. I know. How did we get here? We knew this offensive line needed some work. I mean, the fact that they are relying on Dwayne Brown, with all due respect, with his advanced age, and he possibility of getting injured again. I mean, how did we get into this position where we're kind of still looking to see if we can get something from Makai Becton, who is a person that, as you have well chronicled, is not supposed to be a starter on this offensive line? Yeah, he took a nice step, though, yesterday. He played 27 snaps, which is basically four times what he played in the first game. And so, 
yeah, his main concern now is getting uh, 100% healthy after that knee surgery. So I do not anticipate him being an opening day starter. And how did we get here as a great... Richie there? You know, they... Hello, can you hear yeah, me, Yeah, we lost you for a second. Yeah, Hello? we lost you for a second. Oh, yeah, so this is... The, it's a great question. How did we get here with the offensive line? This is the past no took. Reputation of being an offensive line guru, he's, he's poured a lot of resources into this offensive line. He's just got a lot of faith in Dwayne Brown. I think the coaching staff has a ton of faith in Dwayne Brown. He played well last year when he was healthy for 12 games, even though he was playing with a torn rotator cuff. So their feeling is, well, now he's he had that repaired, so he should be better this year. But he is going to be 38 coming up real soon. So, you know, can he... How much does he have left in the tank? Connor McGovern is the starting center. Um, clearly, they wanted to upgrade that position in the offseason, but, you know, Joe Tippman has not risen to the occasion yet, so it looks like Connor McGovern will be the opening day starter. And right tackle is just uh, an open competition between Max Mitchell and Billy Turner. And also, I think, as Salah said the other day, Barrett Tucker could be in, in play there. They could move Barrett Tucker from right guard to right tackle. So, yeah, it's this is clearly the biggest concern on the team as as we get into the dog days of training camp. Rich, I got to say, I saw uh, excerpts of a press conference with uh, Connor McGovern, and I thought he handled himself very well in talking about his role of trying to hold on to the starting position, but also trying to help the the uh, Tipman, the rookie, to you know take his job. Yeah, a very mature. Connor McGovern, I, in fact, I wrote about that today in the notes column. You know, he said he, he knew they were going to draft. The Jets told him before he re-signed, hey, look, we're going to draft a center pretty high in the draft, and they did in the second round. So McGovern is in one of those weird situations that it happens across the NFL. You know, have a veteran player who wants to hold on to his starting job, but a guy who's waiting in the wings. So you could do one or two things. You could ignore the guy and and – just try to make things difficult for him, or you could try to help him along and, and pay it forward. And, and ultimately help ultimately you're helping him take your job. But Connor McGovern has chosen that route. And I think it's a real good team oriented approach. Eventually Joe Tippman's going to take over that job. But right now I think McGovern has a clear edge. Rich Amini is my guest here on the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Rich, give me your thoughts on Zach Wilson. You kind of mentioned it. You alluded to it. I'm seeing all different things. Oh, Zach Wilson looks great. What a, what a difference. What a maturity. It looks, looks fabulous. Uh, let's analyze it. Let's break it down with the kind of throws that they the system they put him in, some short throws. Haven't seen him do a lot of long passing plays yet. Not his fault if they're not calling it. I'm not saying that. But just give me your thought process on what you've seen from Zach. Uh, the two games and the practices. Yeah, he did have the one long one in the uh, Cleveland game, which uh, we probably overplayed, but (laughs) that's what we do sometimes. Uh, But, yeah, yesterday was just, look, Carolina, that was their first game with a new coaching staff. They kept it very vanilla, as you would expect. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, Brian Burns, their best player on defense, did not play. Uh, a lot of too high safety looks. So Zach Wilson did what you're supposed to do. You know, you check it down underneath. When they're playing that soft, you know, you're going to get a lot of throws to your tight ends. You're going to get a lot of check downs. Hackett called a lot of screens. So that's why Zach, 
his longest pass, his longest completion only traveled about 10 yards in the air. So it was a really, really conservative attack. I'm not ready. I mean, look, Zeckles, it's a nice step for him. I'm not ready to say he's back. He's the guy they drafted or, you know, they thought they were getting when they drafted because we've seen Zach Wilson play really well in the preseason. As a rookie, he had a real clean preseason. You know, he, he looked really good as a rookie in the preseason. But the preseason, as we all know, can be a mirage. It's meaningless. And so, so yes, this is building his confidence. But until I see it in the regular season, I'm not ready to say, okay, this is the Zach Wilson they were, thought they were getting. Rich, before we get to the defense, let me take an overall picture of this with you. You made an interesting point. Now with these uh, joint practices, scrimmages leading up to the games, the preseason games, are are the preseason games becoming even more meaningless? Because that's where the starters are performing. They're performing moderately in these joint practices. They're not playing in in the preseason games anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, the NFL has gone in a totally different direction in the last couple of years, cutting down to three preseason games. Uh, the joint practices, I think, are very beneficial, for, especially for a guy like an Aaron Rodgers who's getting practice reps, you know, without the risk of injury or, or a very reduced risk of injury. So that's a good thing. And the preseason games, like yesterday, the Jets starters on offense, I think, played about 17 snaps, the starting line. And uh, a couple of, you know, Michael Carter, Bam Knight, some of the receivers, you know, so they basically got, you know, anywhere from like 12 to 17 snaps. Just a little taste of it. Rodgers, of course, didn't play. I don't think he'll play this week against Tampa Bay. I think there's a chance he could play against the Giants a, a little bit. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Larry. The preseason is now for evaluating the bottom of your roster and evaluating the bottom roster uh, of other teams' rosters, as you know, you have only one cut down date. It's a, it's a mass. Think about that. They're going from ninety to fifty three. Wow, that's an incredible. You know, thirty seven guys are going to lose their job. You know, a bunch of will be back on the practice squad. So there'll be a lot of players out there. And so, uh, yeah, it's preseason. Ain't what it used to be. That's for sure. <laughs> it is not. Uh, two things on offense where we switch to defense, Rich. Is there a possibility that there could be other offensive linemen added to this team as we start to talk about cuts, or are we looking at what the Jets are going to probably have as their, their offensive line depth right here? Yeah, there's such a dearth of offensive line talent across the league that teams are not getting rid of you know starting caliber players. I mean, unless you're making a big trade, I just don't see that happening for the Jets. Could they add another interior lineman? I think that's a possibility. You know, their their depth at guard is not great, so possibly there. But they've made their bed at tackle. They, you know, they have Dwayne Brown. They're going to have Mitchell, Billy Turner. They're going to have Mackay Becton. They have Carter Carter Warren, the fourth round pick out of Pitt, who is who's been a little banged up. So they could carry five tackles on the opening day roster and uh, they could have five interior players. So the Jets have the numbers at on the offensive line. The question is whether they have the quality as well. So I, I'd be surprised if there was a significant move on the offensive line. Running back situation. Obviously, Cook seems to be leaning, I guess, if he's going to go anywhere, which I don't know if he's going to go anywhere, Rich, but as we've talked about, it's probably going to be Miami. Uh, is this running back situation kind of safe right now? Are the Jets happy with the depth they have there, Michael Carter and 
uh, the rookie who scored yesterday and, and you know, uh, Bam Knight and, of course, Brees Hall. Yeah, I think the story here, we have to dig into it a little bit this week, is going to be Brees Hall. I think he's kind of getting close. I think we're within a week away of seeing getting him activated from PUP. And I think the Jets like their depth at back, in the backfield. I thought Michael Carter ran really well yesterday. He was pretty elusive. It reminded me more of his rookie year when he would usually make the first guy miss. Last year, for whatever reason, he just was not the same back last year. But he has shown some good things in practice on a day-to-day basis. I think Bam Knight's been the most impressive running back. Now, in the game yesterday, I didn't think he was all that great. But Izzy Abanaconda, I think, ran harder in the game yesterday than he did the first week. He had that one long run yesterday. I think he's becoming more decisive and hitting him a little bit faster instead of hesitating. So that was impressive by him yesterday. So I, I think the Jets like their depth. The Dalvin Cook situation, I, I don't want to say that ship has sailed, but I think it might be leaving the harbor right now. <laughs> Rich, uh, how important has Aaron Rodgers been to this secondary that, as you put in your notes, we call, they call themselves young and turned? How, 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 how important has he been for them and their, you know, their, their confidence and experience? Yeah, DJ Reed had a really interesting comment the other day. He said last year in training camp, he thinks he only got two or three uh, go balls in practice, deep balls to defend. Whereas this year, he put the number, I think it was like in the 12 to 14 range, somewhere around there. Rodgers taking some shots downfield. And, of course, you know he, that's what cornerbacks want. They want to be tested in training camp to get them ready for the regular season. So I, I think he really appreciates that. <laughs> DJ Reed said, I've never been tried like this in my career. <laughs> so it keeps, it keeps those guys on their toes. I think that's the strength of the Jets team, quite frankly. I think uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, might be the best cornerback tandem in the league, and so, or certainly in the top two or three. So that that that's good. I mean, that's offense helping defense. You know, it's competitive in practice, and every day is a competition. And I think that's one of one many ways that Rodgers is making the team better. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Rich uh, Will McDonald the fourth flashed a lot yesterday. He he looked really good yesterday. What have you seen from him in practice? Yeah, I mean, he had a sack and five pressures yesterday. I, I think he only played 18 snaps. That's a heck of a ratio. Uh, yeah, he's. I thought it be would be a struggle for him in the transition because he's not the biggest guy. You know, he's only about 240 soaking wet. So I thought, oh, this guy's going to get pushed around a little bit. But he's. And I even talked to a scout from another team, and they've watched him closely, and they've been impressed with him. He, uh, he had a good game yesterday. Even in the joint practice on Wednesday, he go he was going against Iki Aquanu, the left tackle from the Panthers, who I think was the sixth overall pick last year. And McDonald got him a couple of times, inside moves. So he's got tremendous bend. That's the, that's the word the scouts like to use. And he's been impressive so far. I think with Carl Lawson being out for about a week now with a stiff back, and I think – there might be some concern there. Uh, a guy like McDonald will uh, play a bigger role than I thought he would. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's where uh, preseason is good for 
Right, right. So seeing, you know, as you mentioned, the bottom and, and getting your rookies so you can see where they, how they flash and limiting their snaps and stuff. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. So I guess this week now you got Tampa. So Rich, with the, the story, as you mentioned, is going to be Brees Hall, but it's going to be the offensive line. This is a story that's not going away, is it, my friend? No, you know, we got to find out where Dwayne Brown is. Jets keep saying he's close. I think it's two things with Dwayne Brown. One, you know, he's still rehabbing his rotator cuff, which I believe that surgery was performed in January, and still getting in shape. So Mm -hmm. Robert Sala said it's a combination of both right now, and when he passes his his physical, they'll activate him and he'll start practicing. They're just relying on his savvy. I mean, the guy's been playing forever, so they just feel that much like he did last year, he came in late, as you recall. He signed late. You know, they're just thinking that this guy is just a, a pro's pro who can go in there with a minimal minimal amount of reps and be ready to go. So that's what they're banking on. little risky when you're 38 years old, maybe, coming off a of surgery, but that's what the Jets are planning on. Rich, isn't it a pleasure to not talk about special teams with this Jet team? I think they're pretty well set a kicker and punter for a change. I think – one, the, the punter changed going from Braden Mann, who, let's be honest, I mean, it was kind of a disaster over the last couple of years. Uh, to Thomas Morstead has been one of the unsung upgrades that no one's really talking about. I mean, he's been really good so far. Mm-hmm. And the Jets probably should have made that change a couple of years ago when they had Morstead on the roster briefly, briefly when Mann was hurt. That's been, I mean, Zerline's been the MVP of the preseason. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. So, the Jets, as Jets fans know, it's been musical kickers the last few years, but it seems like finally with Zerline and Morstead, they have two real savvy vets who know how to get it done. Rich, keep up the great work. We'll be following you also on X at Samini and, of course, at Rich Samini and, of course, on the flight deck and on ESPN.com. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Always my pleasure, Larry. Have right, a good talk one. soon. You too. Ritz Amini. We'll get your thoughts on what he had to say next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Chilling with you on the Sunday at 1-800-919-3776. Hey, I got another phone number for you. It could land you with a pair of tickets to see the Jets training camp. Football season's back. You have that chance to be a part of the action by winning tickets to the training camp Wednesday, August 23rd with, get this, premier seating and complimentary food and beverage. Ooh, just be calling number eight for Aaron Rodgers. Right now at 888-987-ESPN and you'll score a pair of tickets. 888-987-ESPN. Not the other number. 888-987-ESPN. ESPN. You'll score a pair of tickets. Courtesy of your local Honda dealers, visit your local Honda dealer for a great deal today. Honda is a proud partner of the New York Jets. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? KRS One, you need to go on vacation with the name sounding like the whack radio station. <laughs> when T. LaRock said it's yours, he didn't mean his name. You know, Roxanne Shantae was five foot six, but she was a giant in hip hop, my bro. No question, no question about it. No question about it. She was tremendous. You know, she was tremendous. Uh, listen, uh, you know, you know they say about putting on your Sunday best. 
you know how that could be like your shirt, your tie, your suit, mm-hmm. your shoes? Yes. But it also could be when you put on an open line, then you go to the Rev, and then you go to Imhotep, mm-hmm. and you wash it all down with Uncle Larry Hardesty or ESPN. <laughs> Love you so much, my bro. You don't even understand. Brother. Appreciate you. You got me You got me with some legends, too. I appreciate you. Good to be mentioning those names. You a legend. You a legend, not in my own mind, but in all of our minds. I mean, you're a very humble guy. I know you don't like to take the accolades, but you mean everything to a lot of us, and you mean everything to this station, the most versatile host. Listen, I can't. I could go on for days and days. I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> Thank listen, you. <laughs> you know, you were talking about the Yankees. You know, listen, with the Yankees changes next year, we know they're going to be window dressing as opposed to being sublime in nature. But when you spoke about Torres, and then you asked, you said, which Glaber Torres am I getting? I mean, the Glaber Torres who's 20 for 43 in his last 43 at-bats, that's Glaber Torres. Mm-hmm. The Glaber Torres who's able to boot a ball, routine ground ball at second base, that's Glaber Torres too. Yeah. Glaber Torres who doesn't run out, you know, what could possibly be a single, gets thrown out at first base, that's Glaber Torres as well. So the answer to that question is all that in a bag of chips. I mean, if they don't trade him this offseason, when are you ever going to trade him? You know, come on. It's, it's, it's over, you know, with, with that situation. I mean, like you said, his value was is never going to be higher than it is ending this season. So if they don't make a move there, I mean, listen, I, I don't know what confidence you can have as a Yankee fan and whatever they're trying to do here. You know, like you said, uh, the OG said, a new broom sweeps clean. <laughs> I mean, I guess for people don't understand what that means, I mean, there's no way you can have change without change. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you could wash that in with uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, you can incorporate him in that exact same line of thinking with the Glaber Torres. I mean, Ritzimini, I know people like to come in and say he's negative about the team and all that. Like, you know, the pom-pom guys just want you to tell you everything's great. They want you to sit back and look at these games where he's played against absolutely nobody and say, you know, he's coming along and he could possibly be our starting quarterback in the future. Has he gotten better coaching in terms of playing offense and playing the quarterback position, even just by osmosis by Aaron Rodgers being there? Absolutely. But, you know, if you really watch what's going on, I don't care what competition he's playing against. He's become check down Charlie, like they used to call Chad Pennington, who was actually a quarterback who had a head on his shoulders. But, you know, the whole situation is just look at his feet. He'll never be the quarterback that's going to be able to play from a messy pocket. He doesn't have the feet, and, you know, he just doesn't have that. There's a certain toughness you got to have at, at playing that position where what's going on around your feet and all that, you know, it doesn't bother you. He's never going to be that player. So with all this going on here, with him, you know, actually being able to hit the check down, which he couldn't do last year, if you can make it to where he gets through this whole preseason, plays, you know, doesn't get hurt, by the time you get to that third game, and there's some foolish organization out there that's willing to give you a fourth or a fifth round pick. So I mean, you got to cut your losses. <laughs> I, you know, come on, you got to cut your losses. <laughs> You're right, Buddha. Thanks for you the gotta... phone call, my friend, and the kind words. You got to move on. And that's really what they're doing. I mean, come on, let's be honest. The Jets know, they see how limited he really is. If they can get him serviceable, where you can move him, for another draft choice, they will do that in a heartbeat. A heartbeat. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
Congratulations, Nessie Redondo of Staten Island. Hitting the Gothels to the Turnpike. Check out the Jets at training camp on August 23rd. You and the guy. Hey, call, call me back and let me know what they did. I'm curious to see how they produce on that day. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, what's happening, Larry? How are you? I'm and doing great. I, I, what's I, happening? All good, all good. I agree with you and Buddha. I think. If somebody, if they dangle the fourth or fifth round pick, I think uh, he'd be gone. gone. You know, they wouldn't have to dangle them, Ira. They wouldn't have to dangle them. They just <laughs> wouldn't have to dangle. Just We have a, we'll take it. <laughs> that, I, I think before we hang up, yeah, I think it would happen. But, you, you know, you, you look at this team and the early part of the season, you know what the schedule is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether Dwayne Brown comes back week one, whether he comes back starting Wednesday against the Bucks, it's still going to take time to gel. And, and I think this is actually a good thing for the Jets because mm-hmm. they got a little time on their side because this defense really looks like it has the potential to be something special. And I'll go as far as to say, and I, I told Bart this, and he got offended. I, I think this team has the makings of possibly being better than those 9 10 Jet defenses. Wow, wow! Here's the only thing. Here's the only criticism I would have or concern before I'm ready to make ready to join you on that island, Ira. They got to show me they can stop the run. That that. 0-9-10 teams, they did a better job stopping the run and putting you in that third, second and third and long situation. This team has not shown that they can stop the run. If they can do that, then yeah, I think potentially you could say that. But they got to stop the run, my friend. And they did not do that. No, I agree. Time. I agree with you, but I think they will. I, I, I think, you know, with the front that they have and, and you know, the, the rotation and I know Mosley's a little older, but I, I just have a feeling that this is the year that they're going to be able to because they're going to put, be able to put eight men in a box because you basically have two number one corners. Mm-hmm. you got Gardner, who's an all-pro, and you got DJ Reed that flies under the radar. So when you could play, you know, single man on, on two receivers and you have your slot guy, you could cheat up front. So I think that's going to come to the Jets' advantage. If, if they're able to do that, Ira, you're 1,000% right. Thanks for the phone call. Always good hearing from you. That, that's what they'll be able to do. But that's the concern. I got to see them do that. I got to see them stop the run and try to make teams a little more one-dimensional than they were able to do. Plus, which was the thing they did yesterday, and once again, I get it. It's a, it's a Panthers team that's, you know, new coaching. They're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, they were able to get off the field a lot on third down, and that's the other thing. And they got to cut down on the penalties. I don't have to tell you, you, you watched this team a long time. You know the things that really hurt this team. Okay, you know what they are. And if they take care of those things, they have a good shot to do some things, to do some things. You know, they have a good shot. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in on the Jet Talk and also a point on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the Yankees, I, I, I'm at the point where you remember that drop where you famously said, put me out of my misery? Yes. That, that's exactly where I'm at. I, I'm tired of this, you know, the offensive explosion that happens once in a while 
And then Joe Girardi, I'm not, I'm sorry, not Joe Girardi, Aaron Boone with his smug face like, oh, see, I told you they were having good at-bats and we were looking good and yada, yada, yada. And then what happens in the next game? We get shut out by some nobody who has like an ERA of six. And then mm-hmm. and, and then we look like, we, we, we look as pathetic as before. So, you know. Jose, you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You hear me? Yeah, I got you. You dropped you for a second. Oh, my my apologies. So yeah, I'm at that point where I'm I'm done with the Yankees, <laughs> and thank God for football that it's starting right now. Now uh-huh. to the Jet point. My like 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 what Buddha said. If anything comes across, like I, I wanted to get rid of Zach Wilson for a bag of balls after that New England game. So, you know, anything that comes along with near a fifth round or a fourth round, I would take it in a heartbeat. I've always felt like this was, you know, um, I, I forgot who that kid was from UCLA. You um, Rosen, I think his name is. Like I've always thought that this it, it was that type of situation oh, where it was. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that it was that type of situation where as soon as the coaching staff knew what they had, they knew that it was too late and they're kind of being forced by. I, I, I will always believe that it, it, is that the ownership definitely had something to do with that. But we'll see how this happens. I am a little giddy for the defense. I do think that this defense can be very, you know, top level, you know, uh, um, uh, of a defense. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how this works out. I don't know. You know, I, I'm still very concerned with the offensive line. I'm still very concerned with, you know, some of the things with coaching. And when we had all these question marks, didn't that mean we were more than just a quarterback away? Yeah, that's right. And that was right, my concern. Jose. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for the phone call. There's some things that have to be worked out. There's no question about it. No question. And that's what you hope that the the, the preseason can do to put you in position. And that's where you're hoping that they are dealing with this in those joint practices where you can see how, how they handle clock management because that's a major thing. I mean, it's a major thing. Clock management... Nothing kills a coach worse than clock management. I'm just telling you. In big situations, you have a chance to win games, it will cost you games. And that's something they have to improve on. They have to improve on it. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, listen up, baseball fans. ESPN New York is giving you the chance to travel with the home team. That's when the boys from the Bronx visit Houston. You and the guests could catch a game and enjoy round-trip airfare, two-night hotel accommodations, and 200 bucks in spending money. For official rules and to enter, visit ESPN New York app and click on Travel with the Home Team. It's all brought to you by our friends, the engagement experts at London Jewelers. So make sure you handle that right now. Back to the busy phones we go at 1-800-919-3776. Let's talk to Cullum in the Bronx. Cullum, you're next on 98.7. Good afternoon, Larry. Shout out to the company. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Cullum. What's happening? So, you know, talking with the Yankees, like, I, the whole point you mentioned, like, there's plenty of drops throughout the years with the, oh, I hope they lose scenarios and stuff like that. But, you know, it sucks for a Yankee fan to, to think about it, but I agree with you. If they let's put the scenario, they end up making the third seed uh, of the wild card. They play the Twins. 
and we all know how that goes with the Yankees. Let's say they, you know, they beat the Twins. They end up getting to the divisional round. That's just going to give them the organization excuses and reasons for why it's still working out, and and they're going to keep they're going to keep going as is. If they end up not making the playoffs and going under 500, it'll bring legitimate change and legitimate conversations where everything that they've been doing has not worked out. Their analytics of everything is glass half full with them. Or, yeah, this guy is injured. Or, you know, Donaldson, if everything works out perfectly, that's the scenario they live in. But they don't outweigh the negatives with the positive. They just look at what's the best possible outcome and let's shoot for that. They need to make legitimate changes. And I've mentioned it on the call before. There's only three people on this entire roster worth keeping. It's Cole, it's Judge, and I would keep Anthony Volpe because I do believe that he can and will develop into being a legitimate MLB player. You've seen a lot of different spurts for him. He's a good defender. He probably will finish the year with 20 home runs, maybe 30 stolen bases. His batting average isn't great, but, you know, batting average doesn't matter right now anymore in the MLB. But lose because it will make legitimate changes. And I hope somehow, some way, they might do a little bit of what the Mets did in trying to get rid of some of these guys and take on major portions of this contract. Because... Right now, there's there's only, what, two positions, third base and left field that are open to make a change. Other than mm-hmm. that, they have a lot of old guys that are stuck that are stuck here, and they need to get rid of them. Like, there's nobody, uh, you know, I don't think Rizzo, Staten, DJ, they're not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, let's get back to where we were at our peak level or close to that. It's, it's just not going to happen. If they believe that, they're, they're running their organization incorrectly. You're right, Colin. Thanks for the phone call. That's why I believe it's got to be the under 500. I think that's the most that's the most jarring thing. The no playoffs. Well, you know, injuries, 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 but but no playoffs and under 500. That's a different. That's a different animal. That's a little different. That's harder to swallow for me. Now I could be wrong, but I would just think that's that's going to be tough. That's going to be really, really, really tough. Mark's in Newark. What's up, Mark? Brother Larry, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. What's happening? I know that's right. Uh, it's all good on this end. The weather's perfect. I'm loving it. And listening to you guys, of course. Um, so let me go here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, I hear Ira, longtime Jets fan. So I'm just going to use that to springboard and say, well, you know, I got a six in front of my age, too. And and I've been watching football a long time, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning one thing, that yelling doesn't change much. <laughs> I'm learning that. Still working on it. Um, got to go here, though. Okay, so I sent you a tweet with some stats. Mm-hmm. So I asked myself a question. Okay, if our offensive line is so like a sieve, I've even heard it said. The Jets, off, uh, the Jets offensive line is a sieve. Okay. So last year, the Jets gave up 42 sacks with those quarterbacks. I must put that little addendum in there. Mm -hmm. With those quarterbacks, gave up 42 sacks. I bet that 10 of those Zach caused himself easily. Mm -hmm. But that's neither here nor there. 15th in the NFL. The Bengals, on the other hand, since we're not always pounding on the Jets' offensive line, gave up 63 sacks. 63. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and when, where were the Bengals at the end of the year? 
Uh, okay, so let me, hit, let me hit this too. Yeah, in the hunt. Oh, they were in the hunt, all right. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the hunt. Ain't no question that they was in the hunt from the start of the year. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let me go here too. All right, so rushing attempts, uh, rushing yards for the whole team. The Jets had 1,800 rushing yards. Is that going to blow anybody's socks off? No, some, some teams have one back that, well, close to that. But, but it's respectable. It depends on what kind of offense, if you're highly pass, 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 or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take 1,800 rushing yards. And, and Brees Hall wasn't even healthy all year. Let's not forget that. Yep. Okay, so with those two things said, if we're 15th in the league and giving up sacks and we're running up 1,800 yards of rushing, I don't think that's a sieve offensive line by any stretch. And all of them were hurt on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think that there's too much to be said for the fact of there's line adjustments. There's quarterbacks that step back into the lane of the outside of the pocket where they're trying to protect you from getting hit. There's quarterbacks, I won't say any names, that drop back and look at that and say, oh, no, I'm in the line of fire, and then start running for their life. Why? Because they don't know quarterbacks that be like stepping up into the pocket that was me. I didn't see guys blitzing up the middle against the Jets like we were uh, doormen. I didn't see that. I don't know if anybody else seemed to see that. Terrible offensive line do that. But I didn't see that. And I keep hearing left tackle's got to be, you know, for the most part, if your left tackle gets a push and that guy doesn't come and do like a Dwight Freeney spin move to get inside of him, that's their, their technique is to keep pushing him out. Let him be speed rushing and push him out. Some guys, some guys, like Freeney and others that they have, would the guy say a few minutes ago to have that bend? That, mm-hmm. That's important to consider, too, when Lawson has that bend. It's important to consider that when you consider who the quarterback is, what the line is asked to do, where the protections are, and if the quarterback is savvy enough to understand what to do in the pocket. And that leads me to Aaron Rodgers. I don't even have a question. Not even a, a the Jets won't get sacked 42 times. Because our quarterback understands what a football pocket is supposed to look like and where protection is supposed to be for real. If it ain't coming up the middle, Aaron ain't getting 42 sacks. I'm sorry. So cats need to just slow down and stop uh, hating. Because at the end of the year, Larry, this is what I'm going to say. Just like I tweeted you, my Jets are going going to win the Super Bowl. Because we're just as good as not better than you watch. Watch us be 6-0 to start the season. And then it's going to be, oh, the Jets are really for real. Hard knocks must have done something for them. <laughs> oh, their offensive line must not have been as good as – we got to – our defense is going to be even nastier, Larry. Because when – how many times – how about this? I was thinking about that when I was listening to some of the callers. How about this? How many times have you seen in – how long has Aaron been playing – 14, 15, how long has he been playing? 15 years, 14 years? I've seen his whole career, but I don't remember the exact number. Okay? How many times have you seen him start with the ball on inside of the 50 on when Green Bay was on offense and end up inside of the 50 when Green Bay was on offense? How many times have you seen that? Well, I'll say this, Mark, and thanks for the phone call. Um, on paper, what you're saying is a 1,000% right. It should be great. It should be. But when you're looking at a team and you're looking at, because there's no perfect teams. Everybody's got something wrong with them. Everybody's got issues with some phase of their game. 
Nobody in the National Football League has a perfect team. Kansas City doesn't even have a perfect team. So there's always something. So when you're analyzing it, what you want is you try to analyze what's the weakest point here. And the offensive line for the Jets has been their weakest point. Now, yes, in theory, with Aaron Rodgers, understanding, being able to feel the pocket, moving around the pocket, being able to get the ball downfield. Sometimes he'll hold on to the ball when he feels it, and then he'll he'll try to let the receiver get down there and make a move. Sometimes he's done that. But in theory, you're right. He should be, they shouldn't be that situation. Okay. And unfortunately, uh, for the Jets, a lot of those you're right about Zach Rose held on to the ball too long. Mike White, I mean, he couldn't move. And he took a lot of hits back there because he did not move around. So you're right. That's a concern. But still, the weakest part of this Jet team right now, it's not their defense. It's their offense and their offensive line. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Larry, what's happening, my bud? Everything's good, man. Hey, just wanted to circle back to the Garrett Cole of it all. Yes. Because um, you were talking about uh, about his opt-out. Yes. Uh it's my understanding, and I think Kay explained it. So the Yankees can tack on a tenth year, mm-hmm. and that eliminates his op his option. Right. So, I did hear Michael say that. You're right, Tommy. So looking at you know the way he's been pitching, and I was just I was on Baseball Reference looking at his step. This guy, he's a horse. He pitches every five days yep. like clockwork. Never wants to come out of the game. Obviously got through the uh, the sticky stuff, which I think we know at this point was pretty widespread through baseball. And mm-hmm. you just see him in the dugout. He's like he's like a mad scientist when it comes to pitching. You know, it's like the complete opposite of what you heard uh, Middleton say about the White Sox with yeah. the guys taking naps in, in the in the bullpen. <laughs> he is he's just he is just invested. So I'm I just want to pose it to you. What do you think the Yankees would do? Pay him another an extra year at 36 or see, see what he wants. If he wants to opt out and then try and sign. Cause I don't, I don't know if the Yankees are going to give him, you know, if he's looking at what Scherzer and, uh, and Verlander got. No, I don't think so. But remember, I, Tom, I, I don't remember this. And thanks for the phone call. I think they would rather tack on the 10th year. Cause you already got him. than to get into a bidding war, considering who his agent is. Okay. Because you know, <laughs> his agent is a tough guy. His agent's going to want him to opt out. No question. Because he would make more money for a longer period of time. But if they can find a way to add on the 10th year, as Michael suggested during the week, for a little bit more money, if I'm the Yankees, that I would do. Because he's already been here four years. Okay? So you're looking at another six. Whereas if he opted out, you know, with with a slight adjustment for the last year. If he opts out, he's going to get more money. Like, because think about this. If Scherzer and Verlander got that, what would he get? What would he get? He's been, he's been better than Scherzer, clearly. Now, Verlander won the Cy Young last year, but he's been better than, Ver, than, than Scherzer. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.